You alright? My name's Paul, I've got autism, and I make random videos based on my version of autism and my life. Um, and I stick the videos up on YouTube just in case you fancy giving them a watch. That's it. No pressure here. Um, not going to do too much of an update as what's been going on because my head's not in the game, but I'll get to that. The only thing I have noticed that made me stick my head out of my uh, bubble was someone called Demi Lovato, if that's how you pronounce it, uh, has basically been given airtime on TV to say, don't call aliens aliens, they don't like it. The non-binary beings. <laughs> I just think, I would love that amount of free time. I would love that type of bank balance to have nothing better to do than try and figure out how to name an alien. I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about something real. My head, my brain, my problems with my brain, my autism, my fortitude and all that jazz. So, this will probably be a, the first video of a few around about the same topic because it's still ongoing. It's been going on for a while, but I felt like I needed to press record, try and get it the, the ball rolling because I'm falling behind on myself. Uh, and my head isn't in it. It really isn't, you know. Um, you know, I've got a beanie hat on today because I like how the way they feel. The weather's getting colder. Um, and I like wearing hats. I like wearing beanie hats. I like the feeling that my head is being gently hugged, even though I don't like hugs in real life. <laughs> um, but I like the way they feel. I like the way it feels on my ears. And, and my hair is growing. And I have thin hair on the top and I look stupid when it grows, but I haven't had the headspace to the mental headspace to shave it off. Something so simple as to run an electric thing over my head. You know, I just haven't had that. Right, Paul, let's get it done. And again, I'm going to be disgusting here and I apologize, but I haven't showered for five days. I mean, don't get me wrong. I haven't like been to the gym or anything and caused a great sweat on. But I haven't showered because, you know, if I shave my head, I'll need to shower and I haven't got the interest to shave my head and I don't want to shower until I've shaved my head. And you just create these conundrums when your brain just decides to go, no, we're not working as you would expect for the foreseeable future. And um, all of this started around the time when I had a new boss. And, and I've basically hit a, a point now where I've, I've broken, I've stopped. Um, so I want to talk about workplace autism assessments, okay? And the reason I want to talk about them is because I am a huge, huge advocate of getting people back into work. People with autism should work. People with autism offer a great benefit to the workplace. Thinking outside of the box seeing things with no emotion and logic, you know, when it comes down to a problem that needs solving, it's all attention, all on board, or it is for me. And I, I just think there's too much in my brain that if I never worked, I would go insane. Because when I'm left to my thoughts for two minutes, I don't know what to do with them. And that's just the way I've always been. And that's why even in my downtime, I'll have a game on one screen on the computer. I'll have a video on another screen or learning Spanish off my phone or just always has to be something going on because I can't stop. I can't let my mind rest 
You know, it's kind of like if you turn a kiln off, you know, the the walls crack and crumble. And if you drain water out of a pool, tiles fall off because it's the pressure that keeps them going. And that's kind of how I am. Um, so what I'm going to do also is I'm going to lose my train of thought a thousand times because I've already lost it. Um, but anyway, what I'm trying to say is people who have autism should work. They're great for it, really great for it. And I've always been an advocate. And one of the reasons I'm an advocate is because I believe in the law. I believe in regulations. That's the foundation of one of the things I do for a living. I'm a big believer in the rules, the legislation, the regulation, the court system, the best practices, the approved codes of practice, the British standards. You know, I'm just a big believer in them because I like structure. I like things to make sense. I like to know how to count to 10. You know, I like to have the method statement for that. Number one, say number one. <laughs> Point two, say number two. I just like order. It, it, order to me gets rid of chaos and chaos is the unknown, the jumble, the scramble, the anything can happen. And I don't like the freedom of that. I like the freedom within control measures. So one of the great things about that is in a workplace, thanks to these rules and regulations, you can get an autism workplace assessment. And if your employer doesn't do it, shame on them. It's not a legality, but it's certainly frowned upon. If let's say I broke with stress and lost my job and they never did something to monitor or check after I made it known I had autism, then that's a successful case to take to a courtroom. And, that, it, it, and so it should be. I like that. Because you should look after people. You would never, you know, if you've got a partner or children, you wouldn't treat one of them with, you wouldn't treat them as a number, you know, and everybody is somebody to someone. And it's unfair that just because they're earning money for you that you should treat them badly. If they're earning money for you, you should be very nice to them because if they all walked out, you have no money. So I've always been a big advocate of an autism workplace assessment to help people with autism get into work and stay in work. I've always been a big fan. So it came around time where this guy needed one, where he works now. And I had it. And, you know, the process was fine. I spoke to the new boss and told him that a lot of my anxiety and problem is around that I have a new boss. I can't lose the autonomy of the role. That's the crucial part of my role. Um, and it's only because I've worked for some absolute idiot who took the autonomy away and it crumbled down like a house of cards, but he wouldn't admit it. He wouldn't admit that was the problem because he was just an absolute tool. Um, so, yeah, I just needed to make sure some things were known and that it was autism related and we need to find a way to address them, you know, and he, the new boss had come in and he was doing things like a quiz, you know, we'd have a team's meeting and he'd do a quiz, um, a bit of an icebreaker at the beginning just to lighten the mood and what have you. You know, we all, we all work from home in different parts of the country and we do not work together. We all look after a region and that's the only time we all come together and he wants it to have a personal feel. Absolutely understand that. So long as you understand that I absolutely do not want to be a part of it. And it's not for negative reasons. 
I don't go to work to make friends. And it's great if I get a good rapport with someone. It really is, but it's not forced. It's not through these quizzes or icebreakers. It's none of that. It's literally if someone picks a phone up or I pick the phone up and I have a work-related query and I think of the best person to answer that, it, that's how it builds for me over time. I don't want to go to your Christmas parties. I don't want to, people to know when my birthday is to get that generic you know, birthday card or just get a, a happy birthday wish through a text message. I just want to avoid all that because I'm at work to do a job. I am paid to do it. I will be amicable to absolutely everybody until they break that on me. Second, someone's negative on me. I'm not interested in being nice anymore to you. And I've, I've got examples of that, but I'll wait until I leave this workplace to share those with you, um, just in case someone finds the videos. Um, but so, so my new boss, my, my boss currently, he accommodated this workplace risk assessment. He did it through the channels in work. And you always see things in my work about when it's Black History Month, Mental Health Awareness Week, Women's Month, or you know, and when it's like a cancer awareness thing, they're always doing something for someone, some cause, whatever it is. And they're always very vocal about it. So when they're talking about autism and then there's me with autism struggling so much, even after making my struggles known, even in a lighthearted way, because that's the only way I can do it. I can't bear my all when I'm talking to someone who can give me their reaction. I can do it now because I can't see you or hear you. You know, you can feel bad for me. You can think I'm being overly dramatic. You can be bored. You can feel, you know, have the empathy for me. It's, I, but I won't know right now as I do this, will I? And that's why it's hard for me to talk to people in work or in person when I'm feeling down or bad or bothered because... I don't want the reaction. I just want to be able to say what I need to say and walk away. That's how I feel for everything. Even my music, I was scared of putting it up because I didn't want reaction. It was more of, here it is, bye. <laughs> and that's just the way my mind is wired. That's it. But I, I'd made them known about my autism, my concerns, my stumbling blocks, the fact that I can do my just give me a burning building, give me an incident command, you know, that I need to carry out and be the, the lead for, for an industrial premise. I, I can do that. But, and I, I can't even make my own doctor's appointments. The more personal it becomes, the harder it gets. I can't get takeaway food from the door if I'm just not feeling right. I have to choose my times to shop, as I've told you a thousand times before. I can't do the simple personal things, but I can take the world on when it comes down to work. But it has to line up. The ducks have to be in a row. There has to be the process outlined with a, with, you know, with a reasonable, no matter how challenging, there has to be a, an end game, a goal, something we can reach. So my boss, fair play to the guy, and I haven't got a problem with him at all. Um, he arranged the workplace assessment through HR. And then this company get in touch. They set me up a profile on their website. They say, you can gain access to it. Here's your password. Someone's going to be in touch. And, you know, this is the time, the day, the everything. Then you're going to have this workplace assessment. So I took the time to sit there and write down 
absolutely specifically what all my problems were, why they were a problem to do the thinking for them, and then I even gave them a reasonable outcome. Because that's the point. There has to be reasonable adjustments in a workplace. You can't have everything you want if it doesn't meet the needs of the workplace. It has to be so the work is unhindered, but you, just with a few alterations, can benefit more than just you know the plain blending in normal thing that everybody else can do when you can't. That's the, why it's called reasonable adjustments. So I'd done all that in preparation for this meeting with this person who was going to do a workplace assessment on me, for me. You know, and it was simple things like, I do not travel to London. I do not work in London. I do not stay in London and some of the surrounding boroughs. <laughs> and that's because the last couple of places I've worked, that's been known. And the employers have known that, but a new person won't. And the genuine reason is I won't go to London personally. And anything I'm not willing to do personally, I won't do for work either. Because there's clearly a reason. Uh, but I, I just find the place overpriced, overcrowded, um, aggressive. It's just too busy. I cannot deal with it. So I don't go personally, so I can't go for work either. Um, so it was simple things like that of explaining. And it's like, look, I will go anywhere else. I will go past London. I'll go to Hastings. I'll go the other side. I'll go to Cornwall. I'll go to Plymouth right at the bottom. I'll go to Scotland. I'll go everywhere. Just not there. You know, and plus other people work closer and chances are they'd go anyway. But I just wanted something simple like that on record. So they knew. But when I had the workplace assessment, and this is why they don't work. The guy on the other side of the screen, because I had to do it over a Teams or Zoom or something like that. He had a script. He had an assessment that he had to do a workplace assessment for autism. But the problem is. I don't fit in your normal category of autism. I'd, you can't just say to me, right, visually, what's the problem? Sound, what's the problem? Smells, what's the problem? Noise, what's the problem? Touch, what's the problem? Right, here's the outcomes. I'm not your guy for that. That doesn't work for me. And that's why I take the extra time and effort to try and help the people who are meant to help me. But the problem is, and the guy was a nice guy, he was easy to talk to, he was calm, he'd let me finish, he would try and ask a question based off what I said, but he was confined by his assessment process. Because every time I started getting specific, he would then go, okay, but if we can just bring it back to sound, and it's like, ah, oh, no, this isn't working. So ultimately what happened was I ended up with outcomes that don't work. Because I'm not your typical autistic person that can do that assessment. And assessments don't work for everyone. I work in the land of assessments. It's what I do for a living. And I have a particular assessment I will carry out for the housing sector. But if I'm going to warehousing or offices or an industrial premise, I can't take that assessment with me because only certain boxes will be relevant. The rest won't be. And that's exactly what this assessment was for me because it wasn't a freestyle assessment. You know, he said, it said on his uh, signature that he was a, a psychologist. Okay, so surely a psychologist who is trained as in autism psychology 
could talk to me openly with a blank piece of paper and create from there. Why does he need this, you know, pro forma to stick to? And it really upset me. And it started the ball rolling on everything that's going on now because I need that. This isn't a tick box exercise for me. I don't openly admit when I need the assistance unless it's too late. So I'm already against the grain. So for me to reach out to a new boss who I don't know to request this, for it to not work, was a big kick down there. And I'm sure it hurts if you're a girl as well. But it just left me winded. It left me feeling annoyed. It left me feeling the company who do the workplace assessments are just in it for the money because they're not paying attention. It makes me feel that if this was done by someone who's a trained person in autism, then all they are are education trained because this was straight out of a book. It makes me feel that if an autistic person was included in the assessment, it was more for a tokenistic point of view where someone might have been, you know, to pick on a stereotypical type where they're the ones that are happy and bubbly and they're like a Labrador puppy and they're like, I think this would be good. They're like, great, okay, we'll add that. That's how it felt for me. And I felt patronized. I felt insulted. I felt not considered, not listened to. And, you know, like the company were just going through the motions. And overall, what's the point? And the outcomes, you know, the part about London is massive to me, but it was just one small line in the assessment because it was kind of like in the additional comments bit because you can't put that in as to why you don't like London and tell me, you know, the touch, smell, taste scenario because it's everything. It's the traveling to there. All right, so what's the problem? Go on a train. I don't use trains. Right, drive then. I don't understand congestion charges. London's got congestion charges. I don't know how they work. That'll bother me a lot, not understanding that. The route, knowing I'm getting closer, seeing the signs, seeing the, uh, the miles dropping, knowing it's getting closer. I'll have to set off at one in the morning to get there at the quietest time. It's like, okay, so what category does that fit in? It doesn't, and that's why the assessment didn't work. So ultimately, at the end of it, I came out of it. The guy did his report, and like I say, nice guy. I've not got a problem with him. He was fine. It's just the assessment he had to use. They sent it to my boss, and my boss over the phone to me was like, can you tell me if this is any good? Is this accurate? Do we need to do this? And we had a, we had a little chat about it, and ultimately... It resulted in me and my boss on the phone with someone from HR to talk about, well, what do you need then? What, what is it you need? It's like, I need to be able to speak to my boss. I need to be able to reach out to him. I need the freedom of that. I need, um, I need it known and documented that I cannot travel to London. I need it documented, you know, that I don't do these quizzes. I need it documented that you know, the, the, the sort of control measure around doing these quizzes. So let's say the, the, the meeting starts at nine and for half an hour we're doing this quiz. Paul will wait in the lobby and he'll just be added into the meeting once all of that is out the way. But I need that documented. But this call wasn't, it was kind of the guy from HR just going, well, 
can you just ask your boss then? Like, yeah, I can ask my boss, but that's not what I'm saying. It's everything needs documented because people and people's moods and mindsets change. Mine don't. You know, I know what I say and I know what I mean because I know why I need it and I know why I say it. So when they change, and I worked for an employer whose mind changed like the weather, so I'm fearful of that happening again. And I just need it documented so I can pull it out and go, remember when I said I can't do this and why? Well, this was the process, remember? And I needed that. And what then subsequently happens to someone like me when you don't get an accurate assessment, when you don't get one that works, when you just get a tokenistic route to take, it makes you feel very devalued. It makes you wonder why you put on such an act. It stresses you out because you know you still have all these things over your head, things which you definitely need, but it's you're in exactly the place, same place you started because the company believe they're so happy, shiny, inclusive, and friendly. But I don't because the tokenistic assessment didn't work. So we had a chat with HR and now we're back where we started. Well, what about me? What about what I still need? What about the reason I needed that in the first place? It just doesn't work. So no wonder people with autism don't work. Some people with autism don't work. No wonder some people shy away from it. No wonder it creates a higher anxiety and more fear. Because people are doing things in a tokenistic way. And it's because of lack of understanding. And half the time, fair enough. Another part of the time, it's because it's a business. They need to make money. And they're not going to make money by consistently pandering to you. I understand that as well. None of this ableist talk out of my mouth. You know, the world needs to spin and it needs to carry on. And we need to do more to be resilient and get through it. And I do my best. But when I need help, when I need that little bit of assistance to be heard, to be listened to, to be, to be on that pedestal, to be with the spotlight on him, with people with a notepad and a pen to go, right, Paul, talk, and I need to put it down exactly what the problem is, and I need to help you to make sure you can crack on like everybody else is. And I didn't get that. So what's ultimately happened from then is I've fallen out of love with what I do. I'm not interested in what I do. It's harder and harder to turn the emails on every day in the emails um, sorry, at the beginning of the day when I turn the emails on. The weekends feel shorter. I get more anxiety on a Friday waiting around for Monday. I dread the phone ringing for work. You know, and there's a lot. What, and what it also does is it's made the problems in work exacerbate. It's made everything which used to just be a, a niggle, a, a bother, a problem, a little, oh, it does my head in. Why haven't they fixed that yet? Why are we still having to do that? Uh, you know, and then you might speak to someone else and they might put perspective on it where it's like, mate, they get paid more money than you. Don't worry about it. And you're like, true. <laughs> but when you know you're not valued, when the evidence isn't there, when your reasonable adjustments don't really get listened to with any weight or credence, you then, everything that didn't bother you quite a lot, it's like they put an extra brick on top of you, an extra or an extra weight to the work you've got to do. It's like every two hour journey now feels like three hours. 
Every assessment that might have taken an hour now feels like it takes two. Everyone you talk to, instead of feeling like they're happy, you now feel like they're neutral. And if you felt they were neutral, you now feel like they're angry. You know, every email seems like a personal dig at you, um, even over the things which are still unfixed, you know. And now I just feel bothered. So much so that the neglect of my interest of how and what Paul needs, and bear in mind, I thought very clearly and strongly about how I would not impact work 1%. But I needed a control measure to make things a little easier for me. You know, the freedom of sending emails to someone else. And what I will say is my boss has taken that on board about emails and the fact you copied into everybody's and all this nonsense. And he has done something about it, and fair play to him for doing that. But that's one of a thousand things, and it's too little too late because I've hit a wall. And on Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it was, it's been bothering me, it's been bothering me, it's been bothering me, it's been carrying on. It's been a concern, and I'm pretty sure it was Tuesday of this week. I, I, no, it was Wednesday of this week. Tuesday, I did go out, I did do my work. It was a struggle, but I did it. And on Wednesday, I loaded my emails up at 7 a.m. I don't start till 9 because I was so fearful of all the emails that had come in over two days off that I'd had when I took George to the beach. Put a couple of videos up on Instagram, so go over there and follow me. Um, the handle is always on my pictures. I'm going to start using it more. That's why I'd like you to pop over there. Um, but I was just that fearful and anxious and bothered by the emails that might or might not be there. You know, I was, I was working at 7am and I would have still worked till five even, you know, and digging into my own personal time and it hit 9am and I just went, I can't do this anymore. I was too burnt out, too broken, too bothered, too anxious, too let down, too scattered, too chaotic. And I had to basically do a self-certification form to say, I am not going to be in work. And I feel horrible. I feel like a letdown. I feel like I've let myself down. I feel like my, the mask, the, the, the trying that I do every single day to fit in, to do what everybody else does and still have to deal with me and my problem as well. My issues, my autism-related quirks, the things I need, I spin those plates and I spin them well. And all I ask for every now and again, and I mean every now and again, I'm talking three times in 10 years I've asked for something. I just need someone to listen and to take it seriously. And because they haven't, that time came on Wednesday, 9 a.m., couldn't do it, sent an email. I even apologized in the email to say, I know you meant to phone people to let them know that you're not going to be in. I just can't even do that. And then I've got a doctor's appointment on Tuesday coming up to basically talk about how I feel. Do I feel better now I've not been in? Um, what needs to change? How can you get me back into work? And I know the answer but it's not a neurotypical solution. And I'm sure I'll talk about the outcome of that in a future video. Um, 
but I wanted this video to be basically about the fact that I am a big believer in having autistic people in work, huge advocate for autism workplace assessments. And then the person who advocates has now been strongly let down by that entire process because it feels too tokenistic. And I have had one before, kind of, and it was a lot better. But this one was very tokenistic. You feel like everybody's just going through the motions. You don't feel important. You don't feel listened to. You don't feel considered. You don't feel like the things that you can accurately pinpoint are listened to. It's kind of like you're lying. <laughs> So yeah, it's a severely broken process and it leaves people like me who are hardworking, who are working class. I haven't got money sat in the bank to take a few months off, you know. I've got to go back there and everything will still be the same. How do I manage that? Who knows? But anyway, it'll force them in a way to write things down when I do go back because I'll have to have a return to work interview. And it might be the only way they're forced to listen because that gives me legal evidence that I've tried. But anyway, that's an open and honest conversation that I'm having with you. Fantastic bunch of people. So if you're stuck in, thanks for watching. And until next time, keep smiling.